Welcome back to another episode of Stories, brought to you by Kiosk M1C. Kiosk M1C is the voice of Lower Stable Street and has curated all shops, events and exhibitions on Lower Stable Street since Cold Opshard first opened back in 2018. Their mission has been to support new businesses and provide an environment in which they can thrive and grow. I'm Maria Handlon, and in each episode, I'll be finding out the real stories of how these businesses have developed and how the community has helped shape their journey. In episode 24, I caught up with Alice, who runs Mezzo. Born and raised in Rome, Alice moved to London for love and founded Mezzo in 2020. We spoke about family and food growing up, the delicious dishes on the menu, the most rewarding part of Alice's job, and much more. Next time you're on Lower Stable Street, get the Penny Arabiata, one of the best I've ever had, and I love a spicy pasta. This is episode 24 with Alice from Mezzo. Alice, could you first of all tell me your role at Mezzo? So um, I am the director, like I run the company and I own it, but I also work in the like day-to-day operations of it. Um, so yeah, really hands-on and like, but I also do like the back of house stuff, obviously, which is a little more boring than... (laughs) than, (laughs) So a bit of everything, really. Yeah, exactly. Everything. And for people that don't know, what is Mezzo? Mezzo Italian Street Food is um, this project that I've started um, because I wanted to bring um, authentic Italian food uh, to the scene, which I reckon... I recognised that um, it was it was lacking because there's a huge offering of Italian food in the UK, but in my opinion, most of it is kind of like fusion, like it's not like authentic, what, like the way you would find it in Italy. So that's what I'm trying to do. And you describe it also as Italian comfort food on wheels, which I absolutely love. Yeah. <laughs> so could you start at the very beginning then? Because you founded Mezzo in 2020. So take me up to that point and how your journey first began. Right. So, yeah, like you said, I started in... Uh, January 2020 and obviously great timing because like after a month and a half um, you know Armageddon happened uh, so we did like probably a couple of events and then we had to stop because everything else stopped um, the first lockdown was a bit brutal because obviously everything was stopped uh, was uh, closed nobody knew what was happening um, so it came to a stop really for a while then when things started to relax a little bit, even throughout the second and the third lockdown, um, things got a little better. We started doing a little bit of um, uh, home deliveries, like many others were doing. And then from there, um, we grew a little bit in popularity so that then when things started to reopen, we had a little audience already, like a little a little follow. Um, and then from then, we started doing markets. Uh, and then we like um arrived to lowest table street um so yeah that's a little and then from then we never stopped and it's been really good so far um so yeah amazing quite the journey and what was the main reason in setting it up why did you think it was so important to set up mezzo uh yeah for like same same reason i said uh i mentioned before um to like try and bring uh authenticity of Italian food, like real home-cooked Italian food that you would find in Italy um, to the UK. And my one of my main, like, goals or, like, you know, um, philosophy of mezzo is, like, I would only make food that I would be happy to serve to Italian people and in Italy as well. So it's, like, up to a certain standard, I would say. Also because I think that that people don't give enough credit to the British audience like, I feel like a lot of Italian people, um, they make food. 
they make food to accommodate like what they think British people like. But I found like the way I make food, I make it authentic and then people love it because, yeah. you know, um, people are more, much more open now, I feel. They've been traveling more, but also they're more open to like flavors. And so, yeah, I think they haven't been given enough credit. Definitely. We're going to talk more about the stuff you sell in just a second. But before then, I know that the food that you make is um, made fresh to Nonna's recipe, which is so special. So talk to me a bit about family and food growing up. Right. So um, a lot of people are shocked when I say this. So basically, my mom doesn't know how to cook. Uh, so I learned everything that I know from my Nonna um, because I spent most of my childhood with my grandparents. And um, yeah, I was just like, Spending my entire, like all my weekends with my nonna, we would cook meals together, like Sunday lunch and all that stuff. Um, over the holidays as well, like, you know, Christmas. Um, so, yeah, it just like really transmitted to me this like, it's not just food, you know what I mean? It's like a time of gathering, like, uh, and also we do like express love through cooking for the people that you love. So, Yeah. Those are such lovely memories. That's so nice. <laughs> and then let's talk about the food that you sell here at Lower Stable Street. So what dishes do you sell and what's popular? So uh, our main product here, it's uh, fresh pasta with like homemade sauces and it's made to order. Um, so we we normally have like four main recipes and then we got like rotating specials and like seasonal specials. Um, our main, our main recipe, I would say the most popular it's my personal favorite, which is the cacio e pepe, which um, it's really dear to me because obviously I'm from Rome and that one is from Rome. And that one, I think, is a really good example of what I was trying to say before that, like, obviously now it's a little bit more famous because of like TV shows and stuff. But a lot of people that never had it, they're kind of like skeptical, but then they have it and they're like, this is my new favorite pasta. <laughs> yeah. Um, rather than we also have like, you know, more classic ones like... Um, ragù bolognese or like arrabbiata, truffle butter mushrooms, um, which people still love. But um, yeah, these are our main, our main products here at Lower Table Street. We also do like pop-ups and stuff, which it, the menu obviously is more um, varied. Um, but yeah. We always record this podcast at lunchtime and it's literally the worst time because <laughs> it makes me so hungry when we talk about food, especially pasta, which is one of my faves. And another thing that really stood out to me, I was looking on your Instagram, you also do a lot of like vegetarian and also vegan options, mm -hmm. which I know in traditional Italian food can be quite challenging. Going to Italy, I went to Rome this uh, summer and it is hard to find proper vegan dishes because it's quite traditional. So why was that important to add sort of stuff that can be vegan and veggie friendly as well? Right. So, yeah, I, you're absolutely right. So I always tell people that ask me, I think it would be fairly easy to be vegetarian in Italy. It would be really hard to be vegan. Yeah. Um, so because like here, obviously, it's much different. Um, and I'm also like interested in, how do you say, like invested in like uh, mainly like the environmental reason um, behind uh, consuming like less meat and etc I decided to like develop a menu where there would be like one main like meaty option and then um, even for like inclusivity having like different options uh, that wouldn't necessarily feature meat um, and then our main vegan options which is the arrabbiata which is actually really popular and probably my second personal favorite because it's really it's still like really full of flavor because I wanted to 
get a recipe that was like bone vegan, if that makes sense. Like I didn't want to get a recipe and like make it vegan. Because I don't, I think that would have like penalized a little bit the, you know, the result. Yeah, yeah, and that is also one of my favorite dishes because it's quite spicy, isn't it? Mm. What does it translate to in Italian again? Isn't it like uh, it's like uh, angry? Yeah, that's it. Angry yeah. pasta. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the funny thing is that like the one I make here, it's a little like mellowed out in the sense that it's not as spicy as I would make it if yeah. I would make it for myself. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's still, it's got a nice kick to it. But yeah, yeah, yeah that, it makes angry because it's kind of like, you know, yeah, it's an angry be, pasta. It can be yeah. really hot. I've had a few really <laughs> spicy ones. I'm like, oh my gosh, pass yeah. me the water. So let's talk a bit more about Lower Stable Street then. So remind me, when did you first set up your store here? When did you start selling your pasta here? Right, I started here uh, in August 2021. And uh, it started like really almost as a coincidence in the sense that like I live really local. So I was just having a walk and um, I saw that there were like a few stools. Um, so I just decided to message on Instagram saying like, oh, hey guys, like, are you looking for anyone to join? And they were. Uh, so yeah, they were like, yeah, why don't you come over? We can do like a couple of weekends to see how we feel. Yeah. And then, and then it was love at first sight. <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. What and do then, you love most about being based down here with your... Uh, well, um, I think that like firstly it's really pretty which helps um also the fact that it's like uh, all pedestrianized like there's no cars and there's always like a lot of people there's like a good mixture of locals and and like just people like tourists like people uh how do you say passerbys yeah passerbys visitors yeah, yeah visitors yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah plus it's got a great sense of community like I, I really love coming here not just obviously where i work but um there's like such a like great um, relationship with like all the other traders, all the managers, people that run it. It's really nice. I feel like it's got really nice feelings. And I think it makes a difference because like I've done other markets, which I'm not going to name, but <laughs> <laughs> we've had a few people say this and yeah. they never named them. And, I'm like, <laughs> and the vibe was really off. Like yeah. it didn't make it like maybe there was like it was good money, which obviously helps, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't as pleasant to like be there. Definitely. Yeah. It's so nice walking down here when you know people, isn't it? It feels a bit like you're in a film or something. Be exactly. like, hello, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing everyone. It's so cute. So let's talk about a typical day. So what goes on behind the scenes in terms of like prep and setting up for your store? So um, the prep part uh, mainly happens like behind the scenes in the sense that like obviously all the pastas and like all the sauces are like made in our prep kitchen and um, at the van, like at the pasta van at the market, it happens the assembling almost if you may like the cooking of the pasta and like put it with the sauce and stuff um so a typical day in like the prep um part would be uh, getting in there really early <laughs> started cooking like um humongous amount of sauces um yeah and then while at the at the market it would be more like interacting with customers like uh, obviously making pastas do you still do home deliveries as well, or is it just? I don't, no, yeah. I don't because I don't. I don't really have the time anymore. No, of course, yeah. Plus, like I think it kind of like phased out after lockdown. Like that kind of um, not many people were because I've, I've tried to do it both at the at the end of lockdown, um, and it kind of like yeah phased out on its own. Like people were not really ordering, uh, or it was like that little that it didn't really make it worth it yeah that makes sense also it's probably nicer to like have people come up to you and taste their food in front of you yeah, and be like have exactly. that connection and interaction that must be nice so what would you say is probably one of the most rewarding parts of your job 
Um, yeah, I'll probably say like the um, the customer interaction and feedback because I get a lot of people like I I really I'm I'm really confident in my product, so I'm not like um, I'm sure I'm unsure of it, but it's really nice to get people coming either like Italians or non saying like Oh my god, this is like one of the best pastas I've had because obviously you know you work for something and it's nice to be like um, recognized. So yeah, I would say I would say probably like making people happy with your food <laughs> yeah that's like the biggest compliment isn't it exactly i'm loving it and what's the most challenging part i would probably want to say uh is like the fact that it's really weather dependent um so you might have like you know your product is good and everything is good but being outdoor if the weather's not good there's nothing you can do about it and yeah it's just that we had someone come on who made lovely candles and she said that they'd all melted when it was like the heat wave in summer and things like <laughs> yeah. this because it is like under, exactly. you know, not super thick covers. So I guess these things happen, don't they? Yeah. It's just so the it's nature like, yeah, of it. Both way, like hot and cold. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like really weather dependent. All the elements. Yeah, definitely. And then reflecting back, what is the biggest lesson you've learned along the way? Right. The biggest lesson is probably like you have to um, make an effort to always like find, kind of like find your passion again and like trying to get out of the routine because obviously cooking has always been my, it's be, always been my passion but I found that if you start doing your job like if you make your passion a job it's not that much fun anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> so you kind of have to keep it interesting to not fall out of love with it and I think I mean like so far I've been succeeding in the sense that like even on my days off I like come up with something nice to cook that maybe will take me all day which is definitely not the stuff that I cook over the weekend yeah yeah um so yeah the biggest lesson I feel like is like yeah trying ways to like keep the fire burning. yeah definitely yeah. yeah like you said perfectly you don't want to fall out of love with what you love basically exactly. and then future plans what are they what have you got on the horizon for mezzo so uh ideally um the end goal would be to like have uh, our own place as in like a venue um, nothing too like big, maybe just like uh, 20, 30 seaters, like seasonal menu um, and still like with the same ethos, like, you know, Italian authentic um, regional cuisine. So that would definitely be like, yeah, the objective that we're going towards. The next step. That would be mm. so cool. That would be incredible. <laughs> and then what is the one book or it could be a film or an exhibition or something creative that someone wanting to get into cooking should consume? I think uh, anyone that would want to get into cooking professionally needs, like, must read a book from Anthony Bourdain that's called Kitchen Confidential because it's so, like, raw and, you know, like, it, it really, I think it really expressed well either, like, you know, the love and passion and the rewards that this kind of job could give you, but also the, you know, all the stuff that you have to all the compromises that you have to make, all the things that you have to give up on. Uh, so, yeah, I think that would definitely be something that you like. You can't, you shouldn't start this before reading that. I like I that, say. the confidence. Yeah. You must read this first. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Are you into your like TV series and cooking shows as well? Have yeah. you seen The Bear? Oh my God, I love The so Bear. So good, isn't it? So <laughs> I actually, good. I mean, I don't know if this is going to go by. Um, okay. <laughs> I bought some. I have one in the trailer, uh, Stiga, that says every second counts. Yeah, oh my like gosh. The, <laughs> in the show. So I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I'm so obsessed. good. I love yeah. it. Okay, so 
Uh, where is the one place in King's Cross, obviously apart from your lovely stall, that everyone should check out and why? What's your number one spot here? All right. Um, I might be basic, but I think the Shoom. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I think... No one said that yet, but that is a, a strong one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I love it. Uh, I mean, I'm not an expert in Indian food, like, but it's the best I've had. And uh, yeah, I wish there was like a little like less line like. yeah there's always a massive queue but sometimes they give out the tea in the queue which is yeah nice. that's true that does help but but i love it yeah, yeah. i would i would go every day right? yeah so. yeah <laughs> and it's literally right there perfect yeah. and where can people get their hands on your merch because i saw on your instagram you started doing merch yeah, yeah. i've done my research so where can they buy that's, it that's really popular yeah like, I, the designs like, are great that's like i'm so proud of it yeah, yeah. like um like my husband makes fun of me because, like, if I had a day that I saw, like, I don't know, 150 pastas and, like, one T-shirt, I'm like, oh, today's been, like, a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Um, just the one. Yeah. So they can buy it at the store, like, at the market, yeah. or just um, contacting us on Instagram because, like, we're in the process of getting a website. But, um, yeah, still hasn't happened yet. But, yeah, just, like, DM. What's your Instagram handle so people can message It's uh, mezzo, so, like, M-E-Z-Z-O underscore I-S-F, which would be Italian street food. Amazing. Make sure to go follow. Well, thank you so much, Alice, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.